anticipate a rough patch in the next couple of years? 100%. It's going to happen. It's, you know, I'm, the way I look at it is you look at the average home price, and I always tell my clients, is the average home price pre um, COVID was probably, I'd say, around Hamilton, I think it was around 700000 mm -hmm. if I'm right. And then at the peak was just hovering at a million. I go, has your income increased over, what, 40%? So you tell me where that money's gonna come from to get you your, your million dollar home. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. All right, this is Real Talk with Carmen Costa. Um, like I've uh, stated before, we are going to feature our agents, um, you know, uh, Prachi Duta. Dude, I feel like I just butchered your last name. I was like, geez, it's like going back to university again. <laughs> Prachi, what is your name? You're it's, <laughs> it's Prachi Duta. Duta, oh, okay, so I was right. Um, Prachi, you've been with the team, what is it? Seven close to seven months. Um, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on what's going on in the market. Um, you know, people have heard it from me, um, but I actually, you know, I'm bringing you guys on just to discuss, you know, what is happening. So, you know, here's a question we've been asking. Uh, we had an appraiser this morning. We asked Kevin, uh, you know, how has the market changed since January? I think right now we're a bit of a transition. You know, uh, a lot of realtors will say a balanced. I'm saying we're almost from, I don't think we're going from a balanced to almost a buyer's market. The reason why I say that is, is that, you know, before you'd see realtors just put a bottom price on a home and they'll just have multiple competitive offers and they'll just drive the price now. Now, just with, you know, you've seen the uh, reports from the market reports for sales in the Hamilton area and everything. Everything's down year over year. So, you know, now it's almost a, a great time for people to let that are getting first time home buyers because the great the reason why I say it's great for first time home buyers is, is that uh, they don't have anything holding them back. Like, for example, and like to me, I think we're almost on we're we're in the beginning of a recession. I think. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people, no one, no politician will want to say that they are because they don't want to be remembered as the person that's been in term during a recession. But if you look at anything, you know, they just said, even though uh, today they've, the inflation numbers are went down again. But if you looked at... But what is the actual true inflation number, though? Well, you know, they said, uh, you know, last night I was watching the news and they said so groceries are up by 11%. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's the biggest thing is just like anything, as much as you have to now more than ever seek out the information, because I think as Canadians, we're very protected. You know, un until it's too late, you really don't know what it is. And... You know, for me, a big thing is, is that, you know, I try to minimize that uh, uncertainty um, because it's the whole thing is, is that, you know, interest rates are rising. Yes. But the whole thing is, is that we've have almost two generations now of low interest rates. Correct. You know, um, a lot of times we've been seasoned to get used to these low interest rates. But, you know, for myself, I'm still in a variable rate mortgage and I'm, I don't have any plans. It's, 
you know, the biggest thing is since I come from a financial planning background, you know, I'll, I have access to like God, what we talked about is the index chart. I'm all about the index chart. So, you know, the index chart will show how GIC rates are, how inflation's Fine. been, um, it, unemployment, and um, on top of that, uh, the Bank of Canada rate. Do you, so when I mentioned it on um, Saturday, yep. I mentioned it to the guest speaker or the, I, the panel speaker. Um, he was like the index chart. And I was like, how do people not know this, right? Like we're in this business. Um, that's where I get all my, you know, history on what's happening, right? We, we got that at the bank, right? Yep. So, um, you know, Prachi, how have you, um, you know, how have you dealt with the changes happening? Like with your book of business and your clientele, yeah. right? People are asking you, I'm sure. 100%. Yeah. And the biggest thing I always tell my clients is it all depends on what side of the spectrum you're on. You know, for me, I have a good book of investors. So what we've been doing is, you know, with the rates being the way they are, we've been trying to pull out the equity so it's sit there apart. Because if you look at GIC rates, you're around 4%. Correct. So... What's losing 1%? And if we're going to hit a full recession, I think, you know, it'll probably be, I think there'll be foreclosures coming up. And it, it's a great time for investors because I know for myself, that's where I think it's going to go. You know, the biggest thing I'll say is, is that people that bought houses in the last three to four months, you know, they say house prices have gone down 13%. So literally, if you think about it, most people, uh, buy their house 80% loan to value. So essentially what your mortgage is for is technically what it's worth. It's 100%, yeah. And on top of that, they say the next year it's going to go down another 20%. So, you know, it's the biggest thing I could say is it's just like investing. You cannot market time. If you plan to market time, well, then you're everyone's going to do it. It's kind of like when um, COVID first hit. You know, there was that unsurety in the Two real weeks. estates. It was and two weeks. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, the people that bought had a great opportunity then. Correct. You know, and then, boom, it just flew off because then, you know, people were moving to out east. You know, people buy in Alberta or whatever. And then people are going to more remote areas like Hamilton and everything like that. It's, you know, it's the biggest thing is, is that um, you cannot market time. It's, it is what it is. The rates are the way it is. The biggest thing I tell people is you need to get into the market. Rates are going to be what it is. And if you look at five years time, those people that are coming up for due, um, another problem they're going to have is um, trying to figure out how are they going to come up with the extra money? Because they came out, they're in the probably in the twos, high twos, if threes, five years ago, and they're going to have to come up at five if they're going to go fixed rate. For me, the reason why I always recommend variable is that A, Historically, it's known that most often Canadians will not stick to their home for five years. There's going to be a life event that transitions. And, you know, banks will always tell you that go to fix. Even the way we're compensated, we get more for a fix. But to me, that's not the big deal. To me, I like flexibility. I like dictating my terms. So that's why I always recommend the variable. And I tell them why is because, sure, you got 2%. But the thing is, what comes after, what's going to happen then? And law, we've seen the other side where rates are like high ones, mid ones. And then they're like, oh, we missed out an opportunity. This is the best of both worlds. The other thing, like for me, what I was thinking too is, is that, you know, for a purse, most Canadians were like one of the highest uh, G7 countries per capita for debt. And to me, the one thing I always tell people is that 
you know, we spend more time planning a vacation than we do our own uh, finances. And the way I always opportunities is that I expect transparency from the beginning. 100%. And I tell them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the plan out. But the whole thing is the plan's only as good as the information you're going to divulge. You know, when I meet the person, first thing I do is, okay, let's... Uh, sign the credit consent and the Pepita, and uh, let's figure out what's on your credit bureau. I did this with a client two, but two weeks ago. You know, now more than ever, there's multifamily people on an application. I was having the couple and their daughter because eventually they want to give the house to their daughter. So, you know, I pulled the credit bureau. I was like, okay, this is something we've seen. So this, the whole thing is it takes time to prepare. And the better prepared you are, and the thing is you need the advice of a, uh, an experienced broker because 100%. just like realtors now, there's been a lot of realtors that came in just in the industry, just like mortgage agents that just want the quick buck. And, 100%. and I think we're going to go through a transition too because it's not these quick, easy money you're going to make. For me, where I, I, like anyone could do a mortgage, anyone could sell a home three, four years ago. And I talked to a realtor, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be more fun because now it's gonna be a bit of a cat and mouse game. Okay, this is what it is. No one really knows what a true home value is right now. 100%. And, you know, like I'll say, like I live in the Niagara area. Uh, I just seen like my one friend, she mentioned that, you know, her there was a house listing for 690, oh, sorry, 800, $799. They sold at 670. And- That's a first. Yeah, and the whole thing is, is that you could sell your house, whatever it is. It's the biggest thing is that appraisal. And the biggest thing is, is education. Um, if you're not educating the client, well, then the whole thing is, is that we are a program as Canadians as, you know, first you go to school, you get your job, you get a house. But the thing is, no one really knows the hard work behind it. And like, for example, I was taught it when I was a kid, you know, my parents were very strict on us. And, you know, I didn't do the cool thing of when I went to school, I lived on campus, I paid rent. The biggest thing I was always taught right from the beginning is why I pay someone else's rent. For sure. So, you know, even like I could have lived downtown Toronto, whatever, when I worked down there, but I lived at home. The biggest thing I always did was half my paycheck went to an investment for my down payment for my house. You know, we were told that. You know, when my kids, you know, when I was a kid, biggest thing my dad would always uh, take his change and put it in his pocket and put it into our peggy banks. And, you know, at the end of the month, we would, uh, you know, part of it be our choice. Do we go to, um, to we spend it on candy or we deposit? And what we'd always do is that uh, we'd always deposit, to, we'll buy baseball cards. So that was our thing. That's so, awesome. you know, and then when we were getting older, it's like, what do we do with the money? Okay, do you want to buy a car or do you just want to just waste it, you know, and, or live off, would do whatever you want? So we were very disciplined for it. And uh, we see it now, like my wife's a teacher and she sees it where, you know, even when she was doing remote learning, you'd see the parents uh, just tell whisper the answer to the kids so you know it's aggravating but the whole thing is the biggest thing is is that as canadians the whole point of the me rambling on was is that we are programmed to think the best case we are almost like we shelter 
ourselves too much. Correct. And that's the biggest problem we have. And I think this is going to be the next wake up call since we probably had since 2008. You know, for me, I bought my first house at 2008 during the recession. You know, uh, when I it was 2008 right, was me. Yeah. Yep. I bought my first condo. Exactly. Like 45,000. For me, it was just on Peachwood over here, just a couple blocks away. And uh, I paid 228 and $1. And we had 23 offers. And when I found out, and it was just, it was built about three, four years prior, and we paid 5000 more than what that house was selling for when I purchased. And another thing, too, is, is that, you know, another thing I'll talk about is, is that I just talked to a client yesterday that wants to buy an assignment sale. Close in December. I told him not to because... Like no one really knows what the true housing market is because the biggest thing is we have all these people from GTA and whatever that bought these pre-construction homes in the hopes because um, their plan is to flip it. And I was like, okay, December. And I'm like, okay, what do you buy for? 840. So he's going to sell it. He wanted to sell for a million 80,000. I go in December. I go... That person now has to qualify at the going rate right now, roughly, and then has to service that debt. Unless you are have your house free and clear, it's going to make very, it's going to be very tough. And I think there's going to be an influx of these pre-construction or people walking away. That's my personal thing. Um, but uh, because the whole we haven't seen what the pre-con market looks like yet, we haven't, and that's the thing we can speculate and at the property show there was a lot of speculation that pre-con is the way to go blah 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 but the truth is you're right i have four people buying uh closing now in february it's been pushed um second tentative closing uh to february of next year and i'm like you need to offload a property you can't even qualify for this anymore you're done right so and he's like, I, I don't want to sell one of my properties. I'm like, you need to sell a rental for you to close on this, right? And it's one of those where the builder is not allowing uh, assignments, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and we've heard that. So you are right uh, to that point. Uh, Precon, we don't even know what that market holds yep. yet. And they haven't even closed yet. No. And that's the thing. Like, to me, not doing assignments is a way of for the builder to protect his asset. But the whole thing is, is that the one biggest thing is we were kind of like we've been sh uh, sheltered the last seven, eight years. Everyone thinks, you know, we've almost had two generations now of almost low interest rates. Correct. And um, that's what we're pre-programmed to do. And the biggest thing is, is that whenever I do a pre-approval, the chance of that pre-approval where the person purchased something at or below are very minimal. You know, sure. everyone wants that house Max. at their yeah. parents' house, you know. You know, I was. We started off. I honestly, Pratchy, I started mm -hmm. off at a forty-five thousand um, dollar condo on Nicholas Drive. Yep. Forty-five thousand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could have afforded more. Uh, I was just like stressed over that, right? Yep. Like I'm like, oh no, that's too much of a big payment for me. But then I moved up to one hundred and twenty. Then I moved up. I moved up the scale. Yep. But um, I got into the market two thousand and eight. Yep. And the biggest thing I always tell my clients is, is that. The biggest thing is they're usually renters that are transitioning. For and sure. the whole thing is it's a change of mindset. Uh, the renting mindset versus the per, uh, home ownership mindset is totally different. When you just rent, you have your fixed expenses, great. And then you have this extra money 
what people do, they spend it. And that's what we've been pricking. That's what we've been doing for the last seven to eight years. I look at when I'm driving to work, the biggest thing is I'll say, how many cars are probably five years plus old? Everyone has a fairly nice car. You know, you don't see any uh, old cars coming to the point where, you know, they're about over 10 years, I would say, you know, with 0% financing and everything like that. My first car was like, Honda CRV. I paid cash. I walked into the dealership with my father. I'll never forget. And I paid 6,500 cash. I gave Mm -hmm. 6,500. It was a Honda CRV, had it for two years. Um, but then, uh, one of my nieces and nephews bought, um, I I can't even remember. It was an Acura and I was shocked. They were financing an Acura, Mm -hmm. right? So it's crazy. Um, but I, I want to know from your uh, perspective, do you see a lot of deals not closing? And how do you think we're going to deal with that? Just out of curiosity, like in the next couple of years, um, even now, like we saw. So let me just throw some content because we're going to have the appraiser who we spoke to. Yep. So he's saying he's seeing a lot of files not closed due to value. Yep. So he's like, I'm trying to to deal with, um, you know, deals not closing because the value is not coming in because they bought in April. They're closing in September. They listed their property after the fact, used numbers that were April numbers, and now it's not closing, right? So he's like, Karma, I'm seeing deals, litigation happen. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on that? And how would you, you're so calm nature, Prachi, I want to throw this out there. You know, if anybody wants to deal with somebody that cares, has compassion, empathy, um, who honestly goes above and beyond, Prachi's your guy, right? So, um, but how would you deal with that, you know? Um, the biggest thing I'd deal with is that the, the, a realtor is a key component. The reason why this is the realtor is, is that it all depends on if he has his head in the clouds or he's realistic of the current market that we're in. Love it. And the reason why I say is, is that, you know, what I always say is, is that, you know, it's a, we're all in a relationship and there's no bigger relationship in purchasing a home. So you have your realtor, you have your mortgage agent broker and then you have yourself it's like you know that circle of friends thing you've seen For you sure. know and the biggest thing i'm i'm very uh my big thing is i'm a big thing on communication and you know if a realtor has them focused on they're going to get this price when they're in the mark where there's the price is really here it's i think you're going to see more of that because i think there's going to the listings aren't there anymore they, you know they're reducing um the other thing too is is that now in the world of technology it's our own um, duty to be as educated as possible to know what the real realistic price is. For sure. You know, for me, I use like housing map. You know, now since you could see what the house is sold for, you could see in the geographic area, in a time frame, what the value has, and do your comparison there. You know, it's the thing is, is the consumer has to be as educated as possible and take advantage of the technologies that there, because for me, that's what I'll do. I'd say, here's what I want to throw out to the viewers out there. So here's what I'm saying about you, Prachi, um, Mm -hmm. freaking love you. So, um, here's what I'm trying to say. So let's say a buyer comes through and a buyer's with you. And let's say the realtor doesn't really have their best interest. Not that I'm saying realtors don't, Mm -hmm. um, but they're off the mark. Would you follow suit or would you stop and say, hey, hold on a second, pump the brakes. I have all these, you know, all this that I'm I'm researching. Your properties, you know, like that property you're looking at. It's a little off the mark. Would you do that? 100%. The first thing I do is, is that... You know, I work for the client, not the realtor. Um, the whole thing is I'm going to, I'll get the job done, 
But the thing is, everyone wants that A rate. They don't want to go to A, B, or private, or so on and so forth. For sure. But the whole thing is what I'll do is, is that, you know, they'll come back and they'll, you know, they'll show me a few houses. You know, usually they'll see it. I'll get the after effect, what they put an offer on. So the first thing I'll do is I'll go on my app and go look at geographic area. This is what I think the house will appraise at. I'm not an expert, I can't say, but I can make a rough estimation with three what the house value. This is what you paid. My thing is, is that I would go to them and say, what's your plan if we don't get that value? I love it. And the biggest thing I always tell clients, make sure now more than ever, you have a condition of financing. You do not buy a house now without that or go all It's shocking to see. uh, I had an offer where the agent called me and she's like, well, you know, there's a ton of, you know, bidders on this. We need to go no condition. I'm like, we're out of that era. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not even in that era anymore where you're not Mm -hmm. putting condition. Like, the appraiser this morning said, put home inspection and uh, Mm -hmm. condition of financing so you can actually pay a professional to do a home inspection and pay an appraiser like for that financing aspect, because, you know, even if you're pre-qualified, the lender still has to do an appraisal on that property. And what is the time frame now for appraisals? It's more than five business days, right? So they're doing full appraisals now on properties because I think like lenders are now looking and saying, there's a lot of mortgages on our books with high values. If we're looking at the same value on that property from April, January to today, that house isn't going to appraise. So what's going to happen? Are they going to offload that cargo? Like that's like, there's a lot of variables to this. And you know, all I I care about honestly, Prachi is I know you're doing the work. You go above and beyond where regardless of what that real estate agent is saying, you're saying to the client, Hey, listen, I've done a little research. Um, you know, and that's what you do. You mm-hmm. add that service and it's amazing to see, um, you know, and it's hard. Like we've talked about how hard it is in this industry to be transparent, to not be a follower and a yes man to a realtor and be like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, for sure. You know, we're working on behalf of the client. Yep. Right. And that's key and important. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, Prachi, any excellent advice you would give to any buyer, somebody refinancing, um, any of the mortgage market out there, what type of advice would you give them? The biggest thing I would say is that if for, especially for a first time home buyer is, you know, have a plan, you know, you cannot just flip the switch and buy a house. We have, you know, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, it takes time to come up with the down payment. I know they're trying to come up with different ways to help save, but at the end of the day, the onus is on you. You know, 5% now, if you look at the Hamilton area, average home price, well, at its peak was about a million dollars. So if you're looking at 5%, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, is that, how are you gonna come up with that? Because as soon as you're done school, most people have their school debt. Once you get married, you want to save for the wedding. When you have the wedding, then it's the kids. So where in that life event is to save for the down payment of your home? And not a lot of people plan for that. And that's the thing you have to plan. I remember when I was in college, one of the first days, if you do a contribute $25 a week or biweekly, whatever, by the time you retire, you'll have a million dollars. And that puts something in perspective. Now we have to have that conversation with our kids is that, you need to start saving right away. For sure. And the biggest thing is is that you can't just 
have the expectations and live the life like your parents have at that point when you're buying a house. It takes time. Um, you know, and the biggest thing is, is reintroducing the starter home. Like, for example, I'm on my second home. Um, I bought my first starter home. You know, it's, you need, there is progressions just like, you know, you're not the CEO of a company on day one. You oh need, God, no. You need to work up to it. You need to build the skill. You need to know everything before. It's not any different buying a house. You need to start small because really when it's just you and your wife or, you know, what is the expectation? You really don't need a large home. You need 100%. to start some, you know, and we've had two, the last two years, we've had growth in housing prices of 20%. Is that, was that ever feasible? No. no. And the thing is now we're, when we're starting to correct, it's like, okay, where are we going to correct to? And the thing is, is that your down payment needs to meet where you're going to do. And you had a client yesterday say, houses that I don't, that I like at 900,000, we don't like it. It's a million one and million to, I was a million to whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, and the biggest thing is I was always taught is, is that even if you watch any of those tons of realtors, uh, I mean, home improvement shows, it's not about how it looks, it's the bones. And can you make it work? And the thing is, is that can that house grow with your family? Can you do certain things to increase the value? It's, you know, nowadays, the house that you buy, you're not going to have the appreciation of value as you are to buying a turnkey house. 100%. You know, you need to be able to do some of the work yourself or figure out the trades or whatever to get there and have a budget. You know, and the thing where we come in is like, you know, helping you through that process. You know, for me, it's like, since I was a financial planner before, like I could help you save. And the thing is, is that... There's also the purchase plus improvements. Exactly. Right. People forget about that program because you're right. This has been a turnkey house. The yep. bigger, the better. Right. Exactly. Like I, I was, I flipped so many homes and, and honestly, it's, it's shocking to see when you go for the bigger, the better, it's always more costly. Yep. And the biggest thing I always tell my new clients is what's the difference? What is your need versus a want? Those for are sure. the two things I tell clients is, is that everyone sure i want a pool i want the basement to be done but is that a really a necessity can you make the house work the way it is and nothing changes like you know things that could change are your flooring paint those For are sure. minor it's the whole thing is you can't just have that house where you want to it takes time and just like it was for my parents it's going to be just like for myself you know and the other thing too is is that you know when you buy a new car, that 0% financing really isn't 0%. It's worked into the price. Exa that plus you don't realize what that 0% financing is doing to the rest of your financial portfolio because or your finances. Because the whole thing is, is that car loans are five to seven years. And cars, you look at a car now, to get a half decent car, you're probably looking around forty to 60000 that range. And now we want SUVs, so that's even higher. For sure. And you got to pay that off in five to six years. So if your plan is to buy a house, well, nine times out of 10, you can't carry that car loan. You know, and that's the toughest thing is, is that that's a large payment in a short period of time. And even though it's no interest, it may not be the best suited product for yourself. It's and that's the whole thing where I say you have to change the mind frame. And you know, when and like, for example, a lot of my clients are investors. So same thing as we 
refinance their home, put their car loan in to get them qualified. But the reason being is doing is when you buy that rental property, you're only putting 20% down. But if you're looking at um, your only your appreciation value, I'd say around your average appreciation is anywhere from four to five percent. That's a standard good year. On a twenty percent down payment, that's almost you're making three times that a year. Hundred percent. And you have someone else paying for your mortgage, so you have a reoccurring revenue model to help you with that. Because, and that's the thing. That's where we want it to be. And you know, the next two years, it's going to be great for investors. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be. So that's my next question. Do you anticipate a rough patch in the next couple of years? Hundred percent. It's going to happen. It's, you know, I'm, the way I look at it is, you look at the average home price, and I always tell my clients, is the average home price pre, um, COVID was probably I'd say around Hamilton. I think it was around seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, and then at the peak was just hovering at a million. I go, has your income increased? over what 40 percent so you tell me where that money is going to come from to get your your million dollar home and if your income hasn't done that well then sorry you need to have a plan to get you to or you have to temper your expectations 100 you know for me it was like you know you see all the revitalizations and everything like that but at the same time is is that like i said earlier it's i'm curious to see on these assignment sales it's you know what they you know they'll show everything and then clients do it i'm like yeah give it three six months see what happens i'm gonna tell you that these guys want to get out because the whole thing is they've been pre-programmed they've done it multiple times and they made a good quick buck but now it's totally different because they usually have one or two and nine times out of ten they're not going to qualify at that value and you have to too and I, at the same time, is if you look now, the biggest thing is stated income. You know, if you look at any mortgage insurance, at stated income, you're only, they're only doing you at six hundred fifty thousand. And you tell me where you're going to buy at six hundred fifty thousand. I called Sajin, and um, they're like they're, they're working to get it to higher, but yeah, we all know we all know how the government works. <laughs> so you know, it's it is you what heard it, it is. here. Yeah, it's. You know, and that's the thing. We've been programmed to be like, okay, we show the minimal income, but I told the client, like, you know, there's a, you can't have it both ways. For sure. And you're going to have to put that 20% down. I don't want to put 20% down. I go, well, you know, then you're renting. It's, For sure. You know, that's the thing is you have to have the, we're not here to be friends. I want to make sure we have a great experience because, but at the same time is, you know the way I am with everyone. I'm very black and white. I love it. Yeah. And uh, the whole thing is when it comes to your most important home purchase, you cannot be, you can't sugarcoat anything. You have to be the black but and white. But that's what this industry has been. Exactly. It has been. And we're, we were never like that. And it made for a hard uh, business, right? It made for hard, like putting deals together, right? Because you're given a, you know, a certain advice, somebody's going down the road, you know, and they're given a different type of advice. And that's a thing. And that's why I kind of recommend a variable rate too, because the whole thing is, is that during these increases of 1%, 75 basis point, you know, October, I could see at least minimum 50, if not you know, back to 75 again. Sure, inflation went down again. I totally feel like it's 1.75 for the... My only concern is we have Christmas coming up. Yeah. And, you know, most real... real... I buy all my, my stuff now. I get all my oh. stuff done. 
that's you know it's tough i you know trying to get what my kids your want. kids change every every exactly week. it's, it's so whatever true. that commercial is on I tv know. that's what i want <laughs> so and that's the biggest thing the reason why i like the variable rate is as things progress your rate progresses and nine times out of thing 10 canadians cannot save and pay down debt they have to find an alternative solution and the reason why, sure, you it's not the best financial advice, but it'd be, be the best advice over the long run because most of those people are their debts getting higher as they because they have the higher disposable income. But with a variable rate, you're forced to re just reallocate your funds as rates go up. So when that five year term comes in, it's maybe at five or whatever, you already know what that house is gonna be. 100%. And the thing is, is that you're not spending, because most people carry their debt on their credit cards, 19, 20%. You know, it Don't says... Don't even get me started on credit card yeah, debt. <laughs> and, you know, we've been shown to, it's been shown to known that, you know, most Canadians have a significant credit card debt. You know, it's ridiculous, 19, 20%. We're okay with our credit cards, but hold on this. And we're paying this amount of interest on our credit cards. Hold on a sec. Our mortgages is totally different. Right. It's, you know, it's, we have to get used to it. And the biggest thing is like a lot of people have the pride of it. They don't want to carry, um, they want to make, sh they want to pay off their mortgage faster. But no, you want to make sure. That was the old school mentality though. Pay your house down, pay your house yep. down, pay your house off. But the problem is, is um, consume, there's, there's like a lot of consumer debt, like mm -hmm. unsecured consumer debt. And that's concerning. Um, you know, we're at an all time high. Yep. Right. And when I hear people say, oh, everything's perfectly fine. It's so shocking to me. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's very shocking because, you know, um, I do a lot of research on what's happening, market yep. trends, um, you know, what's going on in the mortgage industry. Um, Jamie, I like we'll put it like I, I did state like before, um, you know, uh, I'd said to Jamie, like rates are going up. And I remember yep. this, uh, you know, it was one point nine nine. He's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know really. Like, I don't see it, but it does, it does like it's going to happen and yep. it did, and it's going to continue to happen. Um, but the one thing I just want to say though, uh, Prachi, you've always stayed true to your clients and that's, you know, that's amazing. You know, mm -hmm. um, I always say, thank you so much for choosing TCG. I think you're perfect for the brand because, you know, you carry your heart on your sleeve, um, you know, you do so good for your clients because you do the extra work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not making the quick buck. You take this as a profession. Yeah. It's not what's your best five-year fix. And we talked about this in another segment. Um, you actually do the work. And when I watch you, I'm like, wow, this is awesome, right? This is amazing. Yeah. You're giving all that information. You're educating the client. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to see more of. That needs to come back. Yeah. And the thing is, I take my time to learn the lenders and learn the products. You know what? I love that about you. That's because right. And you educate me on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a big thing. Like, for example, like I had a realtor come to me in, the, in August it. and he was like, well, this is going to be a tough deal. You know, um, they they tried dealing with a, a, one of the big banks they were getting a hold. So like for me, another big thing is, you know, having your broker come to you. It's a big thing. Like, you know, you are, I know we're in a world where, you know, everything's so easily accessible, but some things just like I always like to say is like clothes and stuff will, no, will not truly always be fully digital and your mortgage shouldn't be easier because the whole thing is, is that that's right. Automation. I wanted to talk to you, Prachi, about automation. You're yeah. not that person. You no. will drive to people's homes. Yep. I love that about you. And that's, the that's thing. Like, right. I live in Niagara and I drove all the way to Brampton. And that's it's, right. That is that 
once you have that introduction or engagement conversation and then you start talking about mortgages well you may look at your, they may fit your mindset is your product that you're going to position might be a product but as you have the conversation learn about the client learn about their finances you're thinking well this is could be a different product and you That's mentioned right. because the whole thing is that at the end of the day the client wants to make sure they get approved because you know it was a quick closing it was you know within a month four weeks I think it was and a, you did awesome and you yeah. got it closed and it got done you know I made sure and the thing is is that when I was there you know they weren't huge technology so they had their iPads and st mini iPads and stuff like that and you know they were able to we were able to troubleshoot so I had all the documents out on hand so you know they couldn't for example we used the net worth program but the biggest thing is they couldn't get the documents like for example the bank statements printed or saved as a PDF on their iPad so I was like okay use my laptop we'll get it we saved everything done you know and we had everything so you know this way you're very hands-on and I love that about mm -hmm. you I love everything about you like when it comes to that like hands-on you're not about the automation like yep. that's not something that no. you know that's never amazing. will my, when I, one of my clients ever have to fill their information in an application I I refuse to do that because the thing is you don't really know what information can come from having that discovery meeting I love it and that's the biggest thing some people want automation they're probably more of the rookie broker that wants they're all about turnover they want to get done in it I don't you know turnover it's the thing is if you do your job right and you do it the way it's supposed You'll to be done database. it'll be done mm -hmm. because the whole thing is the problem with automation is the one thing is most Canadians are not truthful with their financial picture They'll over-exaggerate something. And the thing is, is that you're, one thing you can never exaggerate is your income and all your debts. And the thing is, is that if you pull that credit, it's easy to have that conversation with the client and go, what the heck happened here? For you know, sure. When they don't have an R1, I mean, when they have an R whatever, it's like, what happened here? Okay, if they have a student debt, you know, are you, did you call in to make sure it's at the lowest possible payment? Certain things like these you could t tell the client to do at that point and have them do it so this way it's done. Like That's amazing. You know? Honestly, Prachi, I think you're great. I think everything you do for your clients is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I do, uh, we're going to sign off. I do want to sign off with uh, the best advice in general. It doesn't have to yeah. be the best advice you can give, you know, what's your trademark, whatever you want to give out to at the viewers. I think anything you want in life requires hard work and it takes time to get there. And you know, you should apply to that everything. Every Nothing, nothing easy will come handed to you. 100%. And then that's how you get your pride of ownership. That's awesome. So. Prachi, great information. We're going to put Prachi's information here in the, uh, you know, in the description. Uh, for everybody else, if you have any questions for Prachi, you're on you're on social media as well. So, yep. <laughs> well, I'm not huge into it yet. I know it's been my one thing I have to get into. Yeah, it's, but he will be. He will yeah. be on. So, uh, um, but you can comment below. Um, you know, we'll we'll relay the message. Yeah. Um, but um, if you do have any questions, you can comment below. Uh, DM me. Uh, like, subscribe, hit the bell notification. Um, but for everybody else, thank you so much, um, you know, for reaching out and always supporting uh, this channel. You guys are amazing.